If your spider plant is looking peaky and that Venus flytrap you bought just kicked the bucket, you need On The Ledge, the podcast about indoor gardening where you learn everything you need to know to keep your house plants looking lush. I'm Jane Perone. Join me and a host of wonderful guests to chat all things houseplants at On The Ledge Podcast. Hello, fish nerds. Uh, this is Clay Groves, your chief executive fish nerd, and this is an effing throwback. We throw these uh, old episodes up onto the uh, magic of the internet every so often to uh, remind you that, of where we came from. Uh, I'm taking the next two weeks off of making fresh content for you because I am performing in uh, in Charles Dickens' uh, A Christmas Carol. I am Bob Cratchit, if you can imagine up at M&D Productions in North Conway, New Hampshire, and I'm just far too busy to uh, to make a new podcast for you every week. So, but we'll be back Christmas morning, your Christmas present will be a brand new show, and of course, 2018, some big surprises coming your way. In the meantime, enjoy this effing throwback. I think this episode is the first time our friend Luke Chamings, Cham from Chamo's Lures, joined us to tell us all about Australia. So, good day. <laughs> Five, four, three, two, somebody's heart one, zero. Hello and welcome. And now, on with the show. Welcome to the Fish Nerds Podcast. It's the latest about fish, fishing, and eating fish. I'm Dave. And I'm Clay. Together we talk about fishy stuff that's happened to us, people we know, and other fish nerds we've seen. Anything is fair game. And it's a good bet that Dave is trying to work out how talking to people in the future doesn't wreck the entire space-time continuum. (laughs) It's tiny-whiny stuff. Very difficult. <laughs> uh, we have billabongs full of things to talk about today. We we had the chance, the great fortune, to talk to uh, Luke from Chamo's Lures down in Australia. He's an Australian lure maker and our first international fish nerd interview. So we will. And have he's that. in the future. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. We talk to him uh, tomorrow. That's true. That's right. Uh, then we also have. Uh, fish in the news. Uh, we have a stump the fish nerds winner. We're finally giving away those tip ups. Yes, that, that's very exciting, and uh, it, it was nice because the winner was excited too. And <laughs> there's nothing better than people both being excited. How, how many how many times have we given those tip ups away? <laughs> a lot, and, and a it, lot. it took us getting them out of overstate boundaries, but that's um, right. but we're very excited about that. And then also this week in Fishner Nation. So we caught up with Luke Chamings down at Chamo's Lures in Australia. Good eye. <laughs> Good eye, mate. Um, we found out lots of things. They must hate us for those accents. I, well, we found out many things that, and one is that Clay knows very, very little about Australia. <laughs> Oh, man. So far away. Why do I need to know Australia? I don't know. But um, but sit back and enjoy because this is a we really enjoyed this interview and um, and we'll we'll just we'll just take it right to the file. So, Clay, uh, boot it up. This is Dave Kellum for FishNerds.com. Believe it or not, 
We're talking to Luke from Australia. Luke, how are you? Yes, very well. How are you? <laughs> Doing great. <laughs> we uh, it took three fish nerds' minds to get this Skype connection to work, so we're very. It took excited. Two, it took two, Dave. I wasn't trying. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, Luke, we're, we're amazed at your lures. So your, your Facebook, uh, page has handcrafted Australian timber lures. That's the one. <laughs> and they're amazing. They, you, you make birds, you make this, um, it, it, it's a big grub, like an insect grub. What's up with that? Well, over here we have, um, once every summer the cicada moths, um, come out of their pupae stage. And start buzzing around the joint. Well, before that, everyone goes what we call grubbing. And that's, um, they go out into the paddocks, dig around underneath trees and find these holes in the ground, perfectly round holes. And they coax the grub out of the hole. There's a few different ways to do that. I like to catch mine alive. So you're generally trying to coax them out with a bit of a reed rush, which is just a big long piece of grass. And you stick it down the hole. They get angry, bite it and you pop them out. But um, the Murray cod, which is our biggest uh, Australian native fish, um, freshwater, it absolutely loves bardi grubs. And um, if you've got them in your fridge, uh, wrapped up in your cigarette paper, in their in their little packets, ready because they'll stay uh, alive in a cold state for quite a while, quite a few weeks, in fact, even in months. Um, if you can get hold of some of them and fish with them, you're pretty much guaranteed that something will come along and grab it. And it's just a, a killer bait. Yeah, it's just a very, very surefire bait. But having said that, I've gone against, not against, but going away from bait fishing as against lure fishing. Not so much because it, uh, well, you know, pays my wage to um, <laughs> promote, the, uh, promote the lures. But it's just that the fish tend to get hooked in the mouth, mouth region or in the lips with lures. But with catch and release being such a big issue nowadays, bait fishing, well, you know, it's very hard to guarantee a fish is going to survive after it's been hooked deep in its mouth, throat or gullet, you know. And um, we found that on the weekend we fished a competition where they had lure fishermen and bait fishermen all fishing at the same time. And the amount of fish we found floating down the river with lines cut off at their mouth and the hook still in their throat down deep um, was quite surprising and um, eye-opening. So, yeah. The um, that, the catch and release, I know here for striper fishing, and, and I'll, I want to talk more about the Murray cod in a little bit, but uh, for here it's, it's striped bass fishing and lots yep. of people are concerned about uh, you know, gut hook hooking there. And we, we've been using a lot of circle hooks. Do you, uh, do you yes. incorporate those down there? Yes. We, um, I actually use some on my lures at times. Just depends what the type of fish it is. I mean, if they're the ones that just fly up and inhale it, well, it's not going to matter what hook you got on. It's going down the gullet. But fish that generally bite, like crunch and have, um, canine teeth, canine. that's hold the prey. <laughs> so, um, yeah, well, that's what they're called, cane ones. Wow. And, uh, they, uh, generally circle hooks are brilliant for that because as the, as you know, you'll hook them in the jaw and it is saving a lot of fish, definitely. But, you know, pe- fishermen can be quite tight with their money. And, uh, if, you know, a 20 cent hook is going to be, do the job, well, that's more likely, you know, what a lot of them are going to use. So we need to educate a lot of bait fishermen around it. They need to change the circle hooks. 
and they need to consider lure fishing from time to time just to just to ease the pressure of the uh of the dead and dying fish that get released the um the the murray cod too i, I was reading up about it trying to get a little educated on it the um mm-hmm. now it, it's a big conservation effort because their numbers are way down is that right yeah Oh, yes, very definitely. Look, they've improved. Look, we've just cut, come out of a 10-year drought pretty much Australia-wide. Um, in the last two to three seasons, we've had good summer rain and average winter rain, which has helped the river markedly. But everyone's sort of thinking, oh, well, like at some stages, the, the Murray River, which is, I think it's in the top 10 biggest rivers in the world. You could jump over it in some places. It had reduced, it had reduced to a trickle. But now because it's full and flowing and all the farmers have got their dams full and everyone's happy, it's sort of, you know, it's flowing under the radar, the conservation side of it a bit again. And, but the cod numbers are improving. And so is a few other. Uh, natives like silver perch and yellow belly, which is just a golden perch, and um, and the numbers of the carp are decreasing slightly, and that's through to people just catch them. Basically, they do not get returned. Some states they use them for fertilizer. So, like the competition we just come back for one and a half tons of carp were caught in one and a half days by just bait fishermen generally, and. Um, they were all collected and put into big trucks and taken away to a company called Charlie Carp, which does <laughs> fertilizer for lawns and, um, yeah, the garden sort of industry. So, uh, you know, if you can Charlie find this, yeah, well, there's something for everything. You know, you, you can't just waste. There is no waste. You know, you, you must find something for everything. If you've got a, a resource, you must find a way to, Either turn a dollar or protect that resource. You can't just let, leave it at the status quo. You know, you, you've really got to be proactive. And in, in a lot of the states in Australia, they are. Our state's pretty, pretty average, to be honest. They, uh, they do not try anywhere near here. And we're the driest state in the driest continent on the earth. So you think if anyone was going to be conservation minded about water and, and what to do with the Murray, you'd think South Australia would be it. But yeah, we probably lag the chain a little, but we'll work on them. Work on the politicians, see if we can get some fishing stock put into the rivers and stuff like that, like the other states do. They all have licenses and revenue raising, which, um, which we have no license fee and we have nothing, nothing gets done. So it's all wow. up to people like me and others in the industry to try and, you know, bring some awareness to it. Oh wow! You know, a lot of a lot of Americans would love having no regulations, but I can see us doing exactly the same thing without them. Just, just yeah. depleting the resource like Un- nothing. Unfortunately, like to unregulate it would be fine, and most people do the right thing. But you get the odd bad apple who might muck it up and so on. But also, it gets down to it takes money to stock rivers, it takes money to do the studies, it takes money to build boat ramps. And without, you know, what we call yobos or drongos or or clowns or idiots that you can find <laughs> for both these projects, can you see where I'm heading? You need. I know. Rice. Yeah, yeah. You have to people break the rules to pay for the better fishing conditions and unfortunately that's how it works 
And we have plenty of gooses over here that are prepared to break the rules. Don't worry about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we do too. Um, one, one of the things you might say <laughs> you might find surprising is over here uh, they ban the use of lead, so we can't use lead in uh, any of our small lures for fishing. Well, I suppose. I would say I don't think it's banned per se, but I use stainless steel um, ball bearings as weights and as rattles, and I use a glass rattle, not a plastic rattle, and all my gear is made out of wood. The only stainless steel components are the – well, we're not allowed to have stainless steel um, shark hooks and things like that. I know that's a fact. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I'd have to look at the, the rules on lead, but, I mean, surely sooner or later you put lead in the lure – Lure goes in the fish, fish goes in the water. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, it doesn't take Einstein to work out that lead, <laughs> water, and, and there's lots of composite stuff around now. Like I, I noticed, um, America leads the way in, um, environmental sinkers, like a composite sinker and stuff like that. I mean, I honestly think America leads the way in fishing, um, with ingenuity. And everything. I, th- I honestly think they've left Japan behind, um, just with their lure designs, uh, just everything, the way they've taken a bracelet. Mm-hmm. And I think that's all because of comp, comp fishing and the big money in comp fishing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure of it. Another sure topic. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, oh, that, that's just awesome. I, I want to make sure we have time here to talk about your lures. So <laughs> how long have you been making the lures? Well, surprisingly, about four years, not very long at all, considering most of the blokes, um, I've been doing it 20 and 30 years and by no means am I anywhere near and near caliber. I'm a, I'm a learner and I know it, but, um, yeah, about four years, but I've, uh, I've struck a bit of a chord with a few of the models I make. Um, and I've just, you know, I'll probably put a little bit extra effort than maybe the average bloke does. And, uh, yeah, I've, I've been lucky to, to reap some rewards from it. I, um, was invited to the Australian Lure Makers Expo. That was this year. And, um, well, in their words, not mine was extremely unlucky to not win a prize. Well, there's only two prizes. One was best stall. And I can absolutely guarantee it wasn't that. <laughs> and um, the other prize was lure of the year. So I figure I was up around the mark. So I was pretty, pretty chuffed and proud about that. And that's them ducks that we do, the cod puckers. Oh, yeah. I love the ducks. <laughs> They, like, when I first took them into the shops, people laughed at me. I still do. Went, <laughs> went over to the eastern states of, uh, of Australia, New South Wales, Victoria, et cetera, et cetera, where cod fishing is much more serious business and they couldn't get them quick enough. And within weeks of them being in the shop, I got photos of fish being caught and, um, yeah, cod love. So yeah, that's basically sort of aiming at two markets there with that model primarily Murray Cod and um, Northern Pike in the uh, Northern Hemisphere. But, um, yeah, they're a great little lure. I mean, uh, I still – they give me a smile every time I finish one and look at them. They just – yeah, they've got a bit of bit of charm about them, sort of cute and charismatic, but also, you know, deadly to fish. <laughs> if you can be cute, charismatic, and deadly in the same thing, well, yeah. I think they are. <laughs> that, hey, Luke, how can, how can our listeners find your lures if they want to get on the Internet and – Check you out. Yeah, we go it? onto my Facebook page, and that's Chamo's Lures. Um, just yeah, type in Chamo's Lures, and um, you'll come up, come up on Facebook, and um, yeah, like the page, and um, 
have a look, have a look through. And it's not all about lures. We have um, a forum every Saturday called Hand Grenade Saturday where we invite <laughs> everyone around the world to, you know, if, I don't want people arguing and having yikes on my page during the week, but on Saturday morning I've dedicated a whole day to if you got it, you know, you've got to be in your bonnet about something or fishing industry or whatever, <laughs> there's your there's your chance. And, oh, that's um, good. Yeah, oh, we have some fantastic conversations and um, into fish stocking as well. We're doing a lot of fish stocking with um, a group of friends of mine or the Hills Finners we call ourselves and um yeah, we've been buying Murray cod and putting them in dams and and um, private waterways, and um, we should have catchable sized trout. And uh, within one or not maybe another summer or another year, say twelve months, we'll have um, cod up to ten pound, and they hopefully would have started breeding by now. So, um, and then hopefully, oh well, I don't know what what we'll do with them. Then we'll probably just fish for them ourselves, and then we might try and sell some or. You know, see if we can't get the government once again into a stocking program and something. But we've got big plans, put it that way. Hmm. <laughs> I'm surprised that rainbow trout survive in the warm Australian waters. I, I, I don't Actually, think of Australian having cold enough rivers for trout. Oh, oh yes, we have some pretty – because we're quite the way down south in South Australia. So oh, um, when, south we have a win- when we have a winter, it's usually <laughs> fairly cold. <laughs> See, Clay, Clay gets confused very easily. Um, so, so Clay, their their, wa- their water and their toilets go goes the other way. You know, I don't get it. <laughs> I look. Oh, is that true? Yeah. I mean, didn't Mythbusters do that and find go, out that it's all? Weird? Go flush your toilet and come back and tell us which direction it runs in. I'll do the same. You're all right. All right. Bear with me. All right. Yeah, I read that. <laughs> It's all about fish nerds here, solving the mysteries of life. We're going to uh, see if that is a true statement or not. We have Luke in Australia. Clockwise. Clockwise, man. Okay, so Luke is at clockwise. We're waiting on Clay. Maybe he had to go to the bathroom. Counterclockwise. So wait, so Clay, you're counterclockwise? Counterclockwise. Oh, there you go. Science. <laughs> Look at that. We're scientists. <laughs> this is turning into a science show. Wow. <laughs> science. Which am I? Yeah. Oh, that's excellent. If we were talking about conservation, we'd probably combine just wasting six, gal- six gallons of water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I only half lost Clay. All right. I went all the way. <laughs> all right. Well, very good. Well, we're, we're planning to do more international calls. So I, I wanted to ask you, Luke, um, you know, yep. why, why do you go fishing? I'm going to ask this of everybody around the world and, and I want to start yep. with you. Why do you go fishing? I honestly think to clear the head and just, you know, that, that where nothing else is in your head at all, just the fish, the rod, the water, everything like that. You know, you're so in, entrenched in it. You're so hooked up with nature right at that minute. I honestly think that's it without sounding like a hippie, but that, I honestly think that's what it is. I, you know, like I can be quite, you know, I run my own business. So you go home and you're quite stressed and, you know, you only need one nibble on the lure or a flash of a fish in the shallows or something and your mind's just there and everything's gone. And I think that's, you know, and obviously catching that, that nice fish as well. Oh, it's a bit double-edged blade for me too. Cause being a lure maker and every lure maker is the same thing. The pressure's on. 
all the time. Mm. Your lure must catch a fish. Mm. So not only am I there enjoying the moment, but there's a little pressure cooker popping away there. Oh, I hope this one starts to catch. You know, I better take it off the market or, you know, not maybe not put this one in the shops and then you catch that fish and, oh, yeah, yeah. The, the relief <laughs> that my lures do work. It's a, a lot of self-belief in it. I got some great advice the other day off a bloke when I went to the to the um, fishing competition. He said, just believe in your gear and believe in your you know, in your ability and just, just keep going and something will happen. And he was right. Um, yeah. So basically just the disconnection to the world and its troubles, I suppose. Oh, uh, yeah. That, that's great. You know, I'm, I'm betting that's going to be a common commonality across the globe. Yeah, I, I see. You're fishing for the wrong reasons if it's not that reason. Yeah. Yeah. yeah maybe so. Um, all right. Well, this is great. Uh, I want to wrap this call up with a quiz. Yep. So this is the first transnational fish quiz. Fishner's for the world, world, world title, right? It is the world title. Yes. Ooh. That's true. Yeah. Right. Eh? <laughs> so, bring it, bring it on, Clay. <laughs> all right. I'm going to win. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask Clay, I'm going to tell Clay a term that, according to the internet, my research, is an Australian slang for either fishing or just a general Australian slang. And we're not allowed to Google this as we go. Yes, that's true. All right. And then, and then I will, uh, if, if Clay gets it right, he, he gets a point. If he gets it wrong, Luke has a chance to identify it. And of course, whatever he says is going to be real. <laughs> and then I'll, uh, I'll, I'll say what I looked up and found. And then no we'll, real guarantees. <laughs> and then we'll flip it around and do it. So let's start with Clay. Clay, I'm going to start you off with an easy one. You ready? Yeah. Sheila. <laughs> Sheila, huh? Yeah. It's a fishing term. Uh, no, remember I said it's either a fishing term or just a general Australian term, and I'm starting you off easy. Okay, that's a name for someone's wife in Australia. Good day. I would be out fishing, but my Sheila won't allow it. Luke, what do you think? Oh, well, that is probably the worst accent <laughs> I've ever heard, but anyway. Yeah, we'll give it to you. It's oh. not necessarily your wife. It's just a term for a lady in general. All right. Now, that's, there's some <laughs> Sheilas down the street. Oh, you know, she, she's an ugly Sheila, or she's a good-looking Sheila. So. All right. So uh, we'll, 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 give, we'll give you that one, Clay, because we feel sorry for you. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Luke, your word. like someone from bloody Birmingham or something with that accent. <laughs> I'm the worst. <laughs> So, Luke, your word, and remember, this is not necessarily a fishing term yet. I'll get into the fishing yep. term, but a grinder. Grinder. Yep. Oh, I reckon it's to go, oh, that'd be an auger. No. Um, yeah, I, no, I'm stumped on that one. <laughs> I'll, I'll go ahead and say it's not, this isn't a fishing term, but it is a common term that I think, Clay, do you know it? It's a sandwich. It's a sandwich. So uh, it's a popular yeah. sandwich. It's a they call them submarines. It's just a big. It's a sandwich on a big long roll. Right, oh, that's a grinder. So that's a sub. Yeah, yeah. sub sandwich. Yeah, exactly. okay. All right, Clay, are you ready? Yeah. Yes. No uh, a goo doo. <laughs> oh, Christ! Uh, G have been talking about them. Yeah, G O O D O O. We've been talking about Aboriginal term. No, good. Oh, so it must be a grub. Is that your fi final answer? That's my final answer. Luke? 
No, I think it's a um, term for the cod. Yeah. Murray cod. Yeah. Oh. That's the gudu. <laughs> Ooh, that's good. That's much better than what I said. You know, your accent is great. <laughs> Spot on. Thank you. <laughs> I'm actually Scandinavian. No, <laughs> All right. Uh, Luke, you ready for this one? Yeah, hit me. A Googan. G O O G A N. Googan. Googan. Um, and it is a it is a fishing. It's related to fishing. It's a fishing term. Okay, a googan. And it's a, not one of the big big sea cow things. They float around down in Florida eating seagrass. Well, no, but it's sort of similar. So you were talking about it's not a fish; it's a type of person. And you were talking about some in Australia earlier. Oh, so a googan's a bogan. <laughs> <laughs> a clown. Yes, exactly. A bit of a, a bit of a, a bit of a, a bit of an idiot, yeah, class town idiot, or village idiot. That's the term. That's him. <laughs> yeah, that's a googan. So, uh, yeah, if uh, okay. people always talk about a googan, shows up and wrecks everything. So, yeah, very yeah. good, very good. I've heard that before. You, no. you, Clay, you haven't heard that. I would have got that wrong. Oh, wow. All right, so you'll probably get this one wrong. So this is an Australian term. We'll see if Luke backs me up on this. Egg beater. Oh, yes. <laughs> Think very literally. Oh. Uh, Think of the motion. Oh, a fishing reel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, especially a spinning reel, you know? Well, like I have actually acted out. I'm sitting here. Beat my eggs. Thank <laughs> <laughs> <Beg> you, father. <laughs> family show. <laughs> All right, moving right along. Um, I'll, I'll get into some of the fish names here. So these, I'll, I'll give you an insider here. So, Luke, a snapper. Yes. <laughs> so a fish that we refer to as a snapper. Yeah, it looks nothing like ours. I know that. Um, yeah, it's not. It's not the real snapper. It's. Uh, yeah, you're right. I should have remembered that. It's not. It's not one of those. Uh, or maybe a snapping turtle. No, Clay. What do you say? I, I used to call maybe bluefish snappers. Bluefish, yeah, and yeah. and I think are they called choppers over? Oh, okay. They're a tailor. Yeah, Chop, we did a Chop show about tailor. Yeah, they're a sea fish, big eye, fast moving. Yep. Um, well proportioned. Bit, yeah, like a sort of salmony sort of type looking, maybe a big herring type looking with the scissor tail. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Big set of teeth. Yes. <laughs> you don't want to pick those up <laughs> by the mouth nah. at least. Yeah. Uh, Clay, we'll do a few more here. Clay, a Noah's Ark. Okay, Noah's Ark, that's a boat. It has uh, two of every animal on it, but there's something else. Uh, Noah's Ark. <laughs> a yacht. Think slang. No. Think rhyme and think slang. Rhyming? Yeah, what sort of rhyming? rhymes with Noah's Ark? Oh, uh, Jonas Farts. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. Um, no. Uh, Joan of Ark. No. Uh, I don't, uh, Luke? Luke, yeah. It's Luke. a shark. 
Noah's Ark is Noah's a shark. Noah's Ark is a shark. <laughs> crazy. Oh, I know. What planet are we on? Blame the English for this. They started it. <laughs> okay, we'll do a few more before we start an international incident. Uh, <laughs> Luke, a slime dart. Oh. <laughs> Was that a mackerel? No, it's it could be, right? But no, it's, it's, if you say slime dart around here, people instantly know what you're talking about. Clay? Uh, it's a chain pickerel. Yeah, so it's a freshwater fish in the pike family. Yep. Yep. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah, righto. Yep. All right, let's do it. No worries. <laughs> we'll do just a what few is more. It? A slime dart. A slime I'm writing dart. these down. <laughs> and it's a um, freshwater pot. It's slime dart. Like... Yep, slime dart. Dart. Yep. Um, all right, Clay. I'm going to uh-huh. say this term, and you're going to have to say what this phrase. Could you do it with an accent? Because that would help me. All right. Uh, Crickety <laughs> Moses. <laughs> Can you say that again, please? Crickety Moses. Uh, in language of origin? <laughs> Crickety Moses. Yep. Uh, that'd be just an old man. <laughs> no, according to... Is it a fish? No, it's a phrase sort of thing. Crickety yeah, well... Uh, yeah, is it? It's what it says. What What do you think it is, Luke? I don't know. Crickety Moses. Crikey. <laughs> is it crikety? Maybe right. you're saying it wrong. Crikety, crickety. Yeah, it's spelled crickety, but maybe uh, crikety Moses. I, I don't Google's know. Google's done you wrong. Uh, it says it to wonder at uh, being seen or experienced. So, like, if you say, like, like holy cow, I guess. It's like, oh. Yeah, right. Well, that that might be a bit of an old one, that one. Uh, See, a lot of states have different terms as well. Uh, no, I'm not familiar with that one. You got us on that one. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> so this is a this one, Luke, is a saltwater fish. Uh, I don't know if yep. you have them down there, but uh, if people are out here and they said, yeah, I, I caught a bunch of turds. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say you've been fishing at Bondi Beach in Sydney, but um, they have a thing called a Bondi cigar. <laughs> I don't want to elaborate. <laughs> um, That's right, national language, that one. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, we, we went out and we caught some turds. Yes, yes. Uh, and actually people use the turds a lot for bait. Crappies? No. <laughs> Blue crappy, no, no. little crappy things. Blue that, gills. That's an excellent guess, though. My gosh, that's a really good one. Really good. Uh, but no, it's not. It's not a crappy. Uh, Clay, do you know? Uh, not a clue. It, <laughs> Pollock, the young Pollock. Really? Yes. I, I catch those all the time. Yeah, you're catching turds. That's what people call you're catching those turds. The <laughs> <laughs> great turd catch. Turds, delicious. <laughs> all right, two more. I'm gonna do two more. <laughs> Yeah, um, we're wrapping this up. Okay, Clay, you ready? No. Uh, uh what is chunder? <laughs> Say that again. Chunder? Chunder. Oh, Christ. Uh, chunder. <laughs> God, I, without insulting the entire country and continent, I don't know. <laughs> Excuse me. You sound like you're gonna have one. Uh, oh, is it like chumming <laughs> off a boat, like when you're seasick? Like, 
Like sort of. Like 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 blowing chunks and hurling and I, I think that's right, right, Luke? Vomit. Yeah. Yeah, that's yep. it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Looks like a chum. It's yeah. it's vomiting. It's slang uh, for vomiting. Perfect. Uh, I like, I'm glad I have a new slang for vomiting. Yeah, he said, oh, we're going to go and have a chunder. I love it. <laughs> I like you're going to go have one. I'll be right back. And I'll have a second. <laughs> All right. Get me a chunder while you're up. <laughs> yeah. When the water's rough, fair chance you're going to have a chunder. That's a good bet. <laughs> All right, and lastly, I'm trying to look here to find a good one. Um, uh, let's see here. I'm going to say um, a pack, a packy run. What? <laughs> Wait, first of all, Clay, do you know what a packy run is? No. All right, never mind. No. <laughs> it sounds racist, and I don't like it. No, it's not, though. <laughs> it's supposedly going to the liquor store. but um. Oh, going to the packy. Yeah. Yeah, that's from Massachusetts. Oh, you get a six-pack. Okay. Yeah, or a package liquor. Uh, a Jimmy. <laughs> There's no packies in New Hampshire, Dave. We can't play that. Yeah, I guess we can't play that. Oh, yeah, you're right. Um. So, all right, last one, Jimmy's. If you, if you go to a store, Luke, and you order Jimmy's, what do you get? Well, you get Jim Beam, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, wrong store. This would be more like a um uh like a uh restaurant or a, a dessert place. And you you Ooh. ask for Jimmy's. Jimmy's. And actually Jimmy's. an ice cream place, you would ask for Jimmy's. Okay. Boy, I bet you really nah. regional too. <laughs> it is a regional one. Do nah. you you guys down there have I on your ice cream, do you put little You have ice cream? <laughs> Yeah, very, very briefly, we have it. Oh, you, you get given it. You get you buy one. Walk outside. Thirty seconds later, you got a fixture. <laughs> well, then you may not even have these things. Jimmy's are the chocolate sprinkles they put on the the ice cream. Oh, yeah. So well, well, we just call them. I know this is crazy, but we call them sprinkles. <laughs> Even on the edge. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm gonna have to call it a tie. I think uh, the first Man. one here, but um, you forgot to keep score. I did forget to keep score. <laughs> but excellent, excellent. I think we've all learned something from this experience. That was great. Oh, very much the wiser for it. <laughs> So let's we'll wrap this up. We've been at it for well, hang on, Dave. We had a Facebook question for uh for Shamo's Lures. Oh yeah, it's what trout or something, wasn't it? We want to know, uh Stephanie Russell, who is from New Hampshire, yep. we we fish with her. Uh and she's Hello, from the Newfound, she's from the Newfound Circus. Uh her online name is uh Guinea. Uh <laughs> but she wanted she had two questions. She wanted to know, first of all, is it ever cold enough in the south of Australia to have ice? So, if so, well, do you ever get out of the ice? And two, what kind of trout do you have? Well, we have rainbow trout, brown trout, brook trout. You have brook trout? Yeah, I think they're introduced though, as is all trout is, but I think brook trout a little bit uh, later in the piece. Um, we have a sea trout, which is down in Tasmania, which is where this lady would be, uh, thinking of. Um, we have the Victorian Alps where it does ice over, but generally, like if one lake's iced up, 
the, the next one in the next valley won't be. So people don't bother with the, and I don't think the ice gets anywhere near thick enough to do ice fishing. But I, look, I'm not a hundred percent sure. There may be some people in Tasmania that do it because, you know, they're a little odd down there and <laughs> there's a fair chance that they'd have a go at it. So, I mean, yeah, I can't give a definite no, but I would say highly unlikely. Highly unlikely. We've got so many waterways in Tasmania that wouldn't freeze up, which have big, big 20 pound trout and stuff like that in it. Um, yeah, they'd be out there trolling around with their down riggers and, and fly fishing for them. Hmm. Yep. Yep. They'd be doing the same thing here for the trout in, uh, in our lakes. So. Yep. Well, I mean, you, you sort of ice fish, I gather, cause you have to. I mean. <laughs> you can, you can fish in the river in January. Yeah, you, you can. Yeah. yeah, in the ocean. You could always get out in the ocean and chase stuff yeah. out there. Although ice fishing is, um, you know, it, it's a special kind of thing that I, yeah. I, I think it's my favorite type of fishing. Mine too. Yeah. I, I sort of gathered that by the, how excited you've been as the ice is sort of getting thicker. Oh, it's so cold out and right as, now. Yeah. And as as I said before, I mean, I always think of that movie Grumpy Old Men and and, and the little huts and and the little duck fishing rod, which I absolutely fell in love with. And I just think that would be fantastic, you know, yeah. just drill a hole, a little fire going in your hut, and a cup of tea or coffee or whatever you whatever's your poison, and yeah, having a fish. Yeah, it really yeah, is great. Fun. It's like having a summer home that you could fish right in the living room. It's pretty pretty great. Yeah, sounds great. <laughs> All right, well, we'll wrap this up. I, I someday we ought to do this again because I think it was great. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you do international sales? Cause yeah. Because I, I how how would we get one of those uh, duck lures? Is it you just go onto Facebook, yeah. make a comment uh, on which one you want. I'll send you my bank details, and um, we'll do yeah, thing. just direct debit. But um, I think I'll have to get a PayPal account sorted out for international stuff. That'll be the um, easiest way, yeah. Yeah. So uh, bear with me, and we'll get that all sorted out. But I've sort of got something in the pipeline for you blokes anyway. So. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, send some, we'll send something over to you, and um, once, the, once the water thaws out over there, you, we'll give you some lures that you can drag around or throw oh. from the bank. Or, yeah. Wow, that's there really great. Yeah. <laughs> that's really great. And uh, now, Luke, said, well, uh, appreciate it. Now, Luke, we once met a guy who used real ducklings for bait. Yeah. Yeah, he would put a rubber band around them and a treble hook on the rubber band, and he'd send the fish running across the weeds, and pike would, would grab oh, they, how, how do you feel yeah. about that? Oh, look, once again, I'm not big on bait fishing, and... I mean, the little duckling's eyes would be bulging out his head as he's looking at you as you're slipping that rubber band around him thinking, what are you doing? You know, like, yeah, I don't know. What, I mean, what next? You know, I heard that, I heard that some fish take small children, you know, India start bloody using them. I mean, it's, well, I know, you know how to make them. You, know, like you can make lures. You make pretty lures. I make pretty kids. They're fishing with mine quite often. Yeah, I mean, uh, I suppose it depends on, um, it's not my cup of tea, but I suppose it depends on how prolific that duck is in numbers. I mean, if there's just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of them, you know, one or two ducklings are probably not going to hurt, but oh, I don't know. I don't think it's overly tasteful. I agree. 
too. Terrible. All right. Yeah. Well, all right. <laughs> I think we're good. What do you celebrate holidays down there this time of year? Oh, uh, well, I don't get many because I work for myself, but right. yes, we certainly do. Oh, well. So you have a great Christmas over there. Yeah. Oh, you too. You too. And uh, yeah, we, we'll uh, endeavour to um, ring you again shortly, I suppose. Yeah, oh, excellent. sounds great. All right. Well, hey, thanks. no worries. All right. Thanks. All the best from Australia. You take it easy, man. Yep. See ya. See right. you. Bye. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Luke was such a great guy and a good sport, and we're we're gonna have him back on again. And uh, I just can't wait to talk to him again. So check out his uh, <laughs> Facebook page and buy his stuff. <laughs> it was really, really great. I I want to I want to try to figure out uh, how to. And I'm I'm just kidding about this, but but those big giant grubs, mm. you know, get some of those in the country, and uh, boy, wouldn't that be a nasty invasive species to have big. God, oh, you want to get the real grubs? I want to get one of those lures, but you want the real thing. I want the real thing. <laughs> oh, maybe we can trade him something invasive for an invasive. I mean, Florida, I mean, uh, um, Australia is really good at invasive. They love invasives down there. They, they do. Got, you know, the rabbits, rabbits, I think. Yeah. They got the, the, um, those big toads, the cane frogs. Oh, like yeah. Toads. Yeah. So, so why not? We can, what can we send them? Gypsy moth? Uh, yeah, we have, we have gypsy moth. There's a winter moth out, um, now that that is invasive that that would be good oh wait no no um, tomato horned worms rock snot <laughs> we could send them rock snot we'll just pretend we're mailing boots and <laughs> <laughs> we'll just have some rock snot on the sole of the boots <laughs> we'll trade them for some grubs <laughs> oh this uh, is gonna get us in trouble okay i bet i bet you those grub lures that he made would be great for um for just big old bass oh yeah yeah love them so Anyway. Yeah, check out his Facebook, uh, Shemming's Lures, or take our Facebook out and you hit that button. You can check out all his stuff. It's great. Really great stuff. So, now it's time for Fish in the News. All fish news is good. Fish news. It's true. This fish news comes to us from Fergus Falls Journal. Not Fergus sure. Falls Journal? I'm not sure where the Fergus Falls <laughs> Journal is, but they the headline reads, Officers Find... 186 fish. That's it? That's it. That's the headline. And the story reads, two otter tail men were sentenced to, were sentenced <laughs> Monday for having 186 fish in freezers at their residence. Now, <laughs> it's not, you're not, there's a limit on how many fish you can have in your freezer? I guess so. Wow. Who knew there was freezer police? <laughs> well, two otter tail men. I'm hoping there's a town called Otter Tail. Uh, just like it, because yeah. <laughs> otherwise two men with some freakish deformity, you know. <laughs> Not to put down people with freakish deformities, but no. Otter tail is a pretty big one. I mean, honestly, <laughs> and the fact that there's two men with otter tails living together, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm all support. And, you know, you could be with whoever you want to be with, and if it happens to be same tail marriages, fine. I support same tail marriages. You know, relationships are good for everyone. So. That's right. Everyone needs love. That's true. So, anyway, so these two otter tail men, James and Brian. They're, they're one's 26 and one's 55. I bet they're father-son. I, I bet they are father-son. Yeah. So, um, and well, which would explain the, the shared hereditary otter tail. <laughs> uh, each pleaded guilty and were sentenced Monday to 120 days in jail. For fish. <laughs> For fish. What? <laughs> Uh, to be stayed for two years, uh, 
for one count each of gross misdemeanor hunting gross over limits of wild animals. Oh. So they were just so they, they, gross. <laughs> wow. But did they get them all in one day? No, I think they were just in a freezer, I think. So like so like if if New Hampshire has a limit of 5 trout a day. Right. If I start stockpiling trout, catching 5 trout a day, will the freezer police come and notice that I've got, you know, in 6 days I have 30 trout all of a sudden? I believe I believe And then yes. I go to jail for 120 days? <laughs> yes. And then you'd be fish. sitting next to the crack dealer going, what are you in for? Ah, oh, fish. Uh, and then they'll all want to avoid you. That's <laughs> Because they won't know what to expect because they've never met a fish jail guy before. Like, right. Fish crime. I don't know how an otter tail guy is going to fare in jail either. Well, he's got uh, added protection. He does. He could, you know, the, the otter. And if something happens, he could slap the tail just like otters do. Yeah. Like, I could snap at any time, man. Look at this. And they go, whoa, whoa, hey. <laughs> No worries, man. We'll stay away. <laughs> I can just see out in the yard. Who the hell put this dam here? What's going on? <laughs> I love how incomplete that story is. Just, just no explanation of how many fish you're allowed to have. Someone's not trying. I know. Well, I'll, I'll go ahead. It's a short story. I'll, I'll read the rest of it here. Right. Um, so according to the criminal complaint, a Minnesota Department of Natural Resources Conservation Officer approached the man on January 12th at a fish house on Belmont Lake as he recognized the fish house from a complaint received the year before. The men reportedly admitted to having more fish at home and then went to the residence with the officer. Found in freezers on the porch and in the kitchen were fish fillets and pickled fish in plastic bags and containers. The fish found included 47 northern pike, 16 and a half bass, <laughs> 28 walleye, and 94 and a half crappies. Oh my gosh. They, they, they got that counting down. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Oh, that's a half a crappie. Oh my God. Are they, are they just counting the small fish as half fish? I don't know. Yeah. If it, I, I don't know. The total. It's bizarre. <laughs> it is bizarre. The total restitution value of the fish was $2,400. And ninety dollars. You know what's not right about this, Dave? Uh, many, but go ahead. Uh, these guys clearly are catching fish to eat. Like they, they, no one keeps as many fish just because they want to. Right, and and they. Like they this is so. These are two guys who probably just got to eat, and I don't understand. Like just then you're gonna hit them with a two thousand dollar fine and jail time. It seems a bit heavy. It it does seem a bit heavy, and I it's feel bad for these guys. <laughs> Not bad enough they have otter tails. Now <laughs> they don't get to eat fish. I mean, if you're part part otter, what do you think you eat? Like, what do you think otters eat? <laughs> I just like, realized something. What? I had it wrong. I was thinking they were beaver tail men. That's all my beaver tail jokes. No wonder they weren't landing anywhere. They weren't landing because I had in my mind they were beaver tail men. Now, beaver tail uh, men would not have gotten arrested like this. No. Well, they would have taken wood. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they're, they're much more studious. And everybody respects beaver tail men. Well, they can build things. Right. Otter tail yeah. man. Jeez. They just got that little kind of tapered. Just, they're just cute. Yeah. That's all otters are. It's just cute. <laughs> they little whiskers. They lay on their back, swim around, <laughs> eating fish. <laughs> so, but apparently you don't trust them. Uh, no, apparently not. Especially not with your fish. So the moral of the story is never trust Otter-tailed guys with your fish. Right. But beaver tails are fine. Beaver tails, whatever you want. Wow. 
I don't like that story. <laughs> you want to do another story? No, it's good. Let's move on. <laughs> we'll save it. We'll savor this and think about it for a while. <laughs> yeah, fine. All right. That was Fish in the News. Yep. <laughs> and now we want to announce the long time, long suffering uh, Stump the Fish Nerds contest. We have a winner. Hooray! Finally. <laughs> Finally, we have a winner. Finally, someone's going to take these cherry tip-ups off my hands and give them a good home. Yeah, it's really awesome. First of all, before we give away these away, are they actually made of cherry? They are made out of cherries. See, I thought for a long time you, cherry, you were yeah. just using very hip slang. I'm so cool. They're cherry, man. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so these actual cherry tip-ups are headed to who? They're going to Ari Levingston from Lansing, Michigan. Hooray! And he described himself as a long-time listener, first-time caller, and then he fixes that by saying it's his second show. But he still gets to win anyway. <laughs> so we decided we'll just play you the winning phone call as an example of uh, – what we do at Stump the Fish Girls. And Dave, can you give out the phone number, please? The phone number is 607-378-FISH. That's 607-378-3474. Cool. And here's Stump the Fish Nerds. Uh, so now, <laughs> Stump the Fish Nerds. Oh, we got a good one this week. I'm going to play We did have a very I'm, good one. I'm going to play it for you. Oh, good. Good. Yeah, so this is a good one. It came from Michigan. Yeah. Hey guys, Ari Levinson from Lansing, Michigan. Long time listener, first time. No, um, <laughs> just started actually. I'm on my second show right now. Doing it. Thank you. Trying to stump the fish nerds. I have been out hunting my local coho that have made it up to Lansing, Michigan in our dreams and creeks. And they're pretty rotten while they're alive. Two-part question, why do they rot, and are they safe to eat? Thanks, guys. Awesome. Awesome. So, Coho Salmon, I like that he – we're like a real radio show. <laughs> First time caller, long time. Wait a minute. Second Wait episode. <laughs> I'm on episode two, but already calling in. I like that. <laughs> it's very good. Very good. Yeah. So, you know this answer, Dave? You want to rephrase do the I question? Uh, no, I don't need it. I could. Uh, could you use it in a sentence? Is that what I'm supposed to say? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I also have fished the Lake Michigan um, salmon run, and uh, not necessarily the cohos that come in, but I think the chinooks, the king salmon, as they come in, it's amazing. These small streams um, have these big, giant, two and a half, three foot long fish. Pushing awesome. through them. It, it really is amazing. And these are just these little muddy little streams that go through. Um, I, I fish in northern Indiana that have them. And people get out there with fly rods and things. And Oh, steelhead too. That's what it is. It's the steelhead run as well. Um, but he's right. They By the end of their run, they are like – I've heard them called snot and socks. <laughs> and they, they, just, they just fall apart. So he um, asked why that is. Why do they fall apart? Yes. And um I they're genetically programmed to fall apart. Right. They're I mean their their last job in life is reproduction. 
their only job. <laughs> they just want to get up there and reproduce, and they and they die right afterwards. So they're not eating during the run. They're burning up all their proteins for energy in their muscles, and it breaks down. So that's where the mushy meat. Yeah. Simple as and that. It, and the ecology, they're actually designed to break down like that, so then their flesh then feeds those small streams mm. uh, and and all the nutrients that actually help their young survive. Now, the joke is on them because <laughs> in the Midwest, that run doesn't do them any good. Why is they that? They it's bad habitat. Right. You know? Well, they're not native, are they? No, they're no, not. I mean, they're they're totally invented fish having these freshwater run of these ocean fish. So, yeah, exactly. So they were all brought from the I believe all from the West Coast, yeah. and um, you know, out there they're swimming up these very pristine streams. That actually, a friend of ours, Rob, our, our tech guru, lives in the headwaters up around uh, oh Calgary and Vancouver that area. And, um, you know, these streams are really pristine, cool, very cold streams with very rocky, uh, cobble stone bottom. And at least in the Midwest around Indiana, Michigan, and those, they're swimming up these really silt covered, muddy streams, you know, and they, they just want to stream, swim upstream and they end up in these spots. So their spawning doesn't do any good for them. So the question, next question. So they spawned out. They're all gross looking and soft. Can you eat them? <laughs> and when this came through, Clay, you immediately said, what did I say? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> you, you said, of course you can. You can eat anything. Should you eat them is another question. But, you know, my if you cook it right, you probably can get away with it. You wouldn't want to take that fish and make a filet of it and grill it. I think that's going to be gross. But I bet you, Dave, if you smoke that fish, break it up into a dip of some sort. You probably would. Yeah, well, <laughs> smoked fish dip is popular. Maybe mix it with some cream cheese or something. <laughs> but people eat it. And so I, I bet you could. Um, I wouldn't probably bother. <laughs> yes. So so my vote is I, I'm not sure people do. I'm not sure people eat them when they get that bad off. Um, just because, A, you, you'd think a lot of people just be out collecting these fish if they were going to do that. Mm -hmm. But. Um, I, I think they're only for sport at that stage because I think they just are falling apart. So. Yeah, it's got to be. I mean, I think if you're desperate, go for it. Barry, <laughs> I forget that. You know what? Eat it. And I want you to eat it. I want you to catch that fish. I want you to take a video of yourself filleting that fish. I want you to grill it and uh, with a little bit of mustard sauce. And then I want you to feed it to your wife and <laughs> nice. see what she says. Nice. Yeah, don't tell her that it was already dead. There you have it. There you have it. Well, I hope he enjoys his uh, his rotten salmon and his uh, <laughs> and his new tip ups. Cherry tip ups, man. Cherry man, cherry. awesome. Uh. All right, bag it, tag it. For our favorite Fish Nerd Nation. Fish Nerd Nation is all the fish nerds out in the world that take up a video camera and go on YouTube. And for some reason, fishing and doing uh, doing videos go hand in hand. People 
people love to uh, take videos of themselves fishing and, and others. So, And uh, we love them for it, Dave. And we do because we're yeah. just like them. The same. <laughs> so the fish nerds, uh, we comb the internet, we comb YouTube, and find these videos. Now, one thing that fishermen are very good at is videotaping their fishing. One of the things they're very bad at is editing their videos. <laughs> so we take it upon ourselves to take the best 30 or so seconds of these videos and post them on our website. Uh, and we call the whole group Fish Nerd Nation. And this week in Fish Nerd Nation, there's kind of some interesting stuff. First of all, uh, Captain Quinn and the Adventurers are back. We like these guys. Love these guys. These They must be from Canada, eh? Hey. And, uh, or somewhere around there. And, uh, from they, some funny cold land. So. <laughs> Which is Canada. That works. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, they have a, they have a really great piece where they, uh, point out that fishermen aren't the brightest, uh, knives in the drawer. And that plenty, uh, one, one of the guys gets on a website. It says there's plenty of fish website, and uh, they realize it's not finding fishing partners. It's finding some other kind of partner. So, uh, and then let the hilarity ensue. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, so. Uh, Captain Quinn and the Adventurers putting in a great video. Then, uh, Uncle Steve is back. Like Uncle Steve. I like Uncle Steve. I want to go hang out with Uncle Steve. <laughs> I'm worried about Uncle Steve. Uncle well. Steve has had health problems. And as you're watching his videos, he's done, I think, thousands of videos. And un- Uncle Steve goes fishing, and he talks to him about himself only in the third person. And uh, usually he's just out testing lures and things. Uh, but now he comes out, and he's kind of hobbling along, and he's referencing some, sounds like some heart thing, but he's still out fishing, which you got to love. And the other thing Uncle Steve is doing is promoting a project called the Iliad Project. And it's a crowdsourcing citizen science project to find new antibiotics. Well, that's a good thing. It is. is a, it, I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing. It's very interesting, <laughs> at least. It is, yeah. And it's a, uh, it's a, like a Kickstarter program. It's an Indigo or Indiegogo project. Indiegogo, yeah. Different than Kickstarter in that they don't need to raise the full amount to do the project. So if they get a good amount of money, they can still. Do what they need to do. They can get the rest somewhere else. Nice. So probably yeah. through a grant or something. But what something. they're what they're doing is setting up people with petri dishes and um, agar and all the things they need in their kitchen to then go out and scrape up a little slime here, a little fish slime, a little this, a little that, and put it on these petri dishes and see if any of those things have antibiotic properties. No kidding. Yes. I want to do that. Well, they just go to the Iliad Project. I'm going to do it. Yeah. And uh, yeah. It'd be great for students, great for all sorts of things. But science fair season's coming. Yeah. And <laughs> the idea is that if you have thousands of people out there just sort of randomly checking for antibiotics, pretty good, pretty good statistical chances that they're going to find the new antibiotic that's going to actually save our planet so we don't become a zombie apocalypse. Oh, uh, you know, part of me, though, wants it because the zombie apocalypse. I have thought about the zombie apocalypse. We've been prepping for it so for so much. long. <laughs> So here's a question. Zombies, floaty or sinky? I I bet they're sinky. I yeah. I bet they're initially sinky. Oh. And then they become right. floaty. I bet they're fish foody. I bet the fish just tear them apart. I mean, they're, honestly, they're, they're so fleshy and loose and fish will just pick at them until they're gone. 
Yeah. They which, don't stand a chance. Which brings up a good uh, good point of zombie lures during the zombie apocalypse. Oh, yeah. It could be catching great whites or not even big sharks. Maybe like tunas would eat zombies. Yeah, exactly. Or you know, would, you, would you want to eat a fish that ate a zombie? <laughs> I, I think if the zombie apocalypse is happening, sure. All right. Well, there you go. <laughs> uh, but, you know, you wouldn't even, I mean, even bluegill lures, like, you know, a pinky lure. <laughs> I'm going to use a spleen. <laughs> yes. I'm going to catch Burbit. <laughs> Burbit loved the spleen of the zombie. Yeah. Now, do you think zombies are, because they're dead and they've got no blood in their body anymore. Right. Do you think in the wintertime they just kind of freeze up? I think they freeze. For a few months? I think they freeze solid. And yes. They never, they never address that in The Walking Dead. I know. Well, they're like in Georgia. Have they, ha, ha, okay, see, that's a problem. They went the wrong direction. They went. South. They should head north. I bet up in New Hampshire, they're like just fishing around these frozen zombies. Yeah. Yeah, no no, no problem. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, during this time, like right now, it's negative, I think, 10 degrees outside. Mm-hmm. Um, you could go out. You could hang your coat on them. You know, you could, you could put bird feeders on them. You just get the plow truck and push them all in a big pile. Yeah. You know. And, and in uh, the spring when they thaw out, you just go further north. Yeah, just migrate, migrate. Exactly, it's not a problem. I know. I, I I agree that that there's a lot of things with the zombies they don't get, um, and yeah. freezing is one of them, and and floating is another one. Um, mm. Because yeah, once they get in the water, I think crabs, I think oh, crayfish, man. yeah, yeah, tear them apart. Easy food, easy pickings. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, right. that's the very nerdy <laughs> week. In Fish Nerd Nation. So check it out on fishnerds.com. Love those guys. (laughs) So that is it. You have listened to a couple of Fish Nerds when you could have been fishing. We'd like to thank our family for supporting us while we podcast, go on fishing quests, and do all sorts of silly things that guys do. If you would like to support the Fish Nerds, you can like us on Facebook. Rate us five stars on iTunes. Or throw a little cash our way to support our attention. Don't worry, we've got to use my Special thanks to Luke Chamming of Chamo's Lures for being the most in the land down under. Good day, Mike.